0: It's the Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. Here's Rob Carney.
1: Welcome to the Thursday, September 16th, 2021 edition of the Heartland at Noon, brought to you today by Heritage Insurance and Purpose Financial, working together to serve you better. Well, we're back to delivering the latest on COVID-19 and the situation in Saskatchewan. Unfortunately, summer did not solve the challenges, and we just got word. Mandatory masking in all indoor public spaces will be back in Saskatchewan as of tomorrow. We've got the details coming up. Progress on the new multi-purpose facility in Assiniboia. The plan is to be in the new arena a year from now. We'll get an update from Curtis Nelson, who chairs the Civic Improvement Association in Assiniboia. Dairy discovery could improve dialysis design for kidney failure patients. That's the headline on a University of Saskatchewan news release just recently issued, and how timely. We just raised a whole bunch of money to improve the local dialysis unit at the Wigmore Regional Hospital. On the CHAB Family First Radio Fund, we'll share this encouraging story. And a whole lot more coming up on the Heartland at Noon.
0: You're listening to 800 CHAB Moose Jaw, a Golden West radio station. Discover Moose Jaw News for Ivermain Place. Small-town life is great when you're surrounded by people with big hearts. Contact today for senior living opportunities at Ivermain Place, Central Butte.
2: Good afternoon, I'm Haley Shirky. Solar panels could be installed on the city of Moose Jaw facilities as soon as next month. Originally, five buildings were slated to get solar panels. Director of Parks and Recreation, Derek Blay, says that has since been scaled back.
0: After doing some structural assessments, um, we've had to, uh, I guess, l- reduce the number of facilities due to their structural capacity because this program requires that they ha- be attached to the facility. They can't be ground-mounted.
2: The panels are expected to be installed on City Hall and the Yarra Centre in late October and Mosaic Place next spring and summer. Randy Jesse is the new Community Safety Officer in Karenport. He was appointed by the Ministry of Corrections. His role is enhancing community safety by working with the RCMP to investigate small crime. He will also be enforcing driving and parking violations, as well as provincial bylaws. Karen Port Mayor Dan Buck tells us that Jesse will also be going into schools around the area to talk about safety.
3: We have a lot of, a lot of kids that are on the street, so just educating
2: students
4: and
3: parents about safe driving practices and also the kids that you know they have to be aware of vehicles and also
5: you know there's break and enter so how are we able to secure property
6: our own possessions and houses and stuff.
2: Jesse only has jurisdiction in the Cairnport area for now but it might be expanded to the surrounding areas in the near future. Lucille Gilliland has been the executive director at the Southwest Daycare and Early Learning Center for 30 years, to be exact. Gilliland developed many early learning strategies used across the province and has won the Prime Minister's Award for Excellence in Early Childhood Education. She says even after 30 years, coming to work every day is still exciting. The thing that's
4: important to me is my love of my my passion for working with children and teaching children. I just really enjoy it. Every day is a teachable moment for us. Every day, you know, we're playing, we're exploring. There's something new that you're learning. So every day when you come to work, it's
2: just exciting and exhilarating. Gilliland says she taught many generations of the same family, and some children she used to teach even came back to work with her. Yesterday was the 75th anniversary of the devastating military plane crash in Estevan, killing 21 airmen from the Royal Canadian Air Force. A memorial was held yesterday at 15 Wing. Lester Hinsman attended the ceremony.
6: There were 20 airmen and one, one ground crew. Um, they were all Seasons season pilots that had flown overseas during the
3: war. And the ceremony was today at 15 wing to um, commemorate the, the 75th anniversary of the tragedy.
2: The crash was due to human mistake and was not able to land properly. There are now multiple monuments honoring the fallen airmen. The provincial government announced 425 new confirmed cases of COVID-19 on Wednesday two deaths, and 387 recoveries. Of the new cases, 10 are in the South Central Zone, 36 are in Regina, 118 are in Saskatoon, and 61 are in the Northwest Zone. 15% of the new cases are fully vaccinated. This brings the active case count to 4,016. There are 224 people in hospital with COVID-19, with 184 receiving inpatient care, and 40 are in the ICU. Expenditures are up at Moose Jaw City Hall. Financial reports show spending is up by $5.2 million during the second quarter compared to last year. Expenditures were up in general government spending, public works, recreation and community services, and miscellaneous spending. Brian Acker, director of financial services, explains why the city spent $59,000 on office supplies, employer paid benefits, and assessment services.
5: Majority of that would be as postage. Um, for our tax notices, assessment notices, those sorts of things. So in a reassessment year, we send out an assessment notice to everyone. We don't in a normal year right. as well. Tax notices are earlier, much earlier this year than they were last year.
2: Revenue is also up compared to last year, with the city reporting $49 million in revenue. And now the Golden West Radio Money Scope for Aaron Rustin of Purposed Financial, bringing understanding and financial success to clients for over 35 years. The TSX is down 129 points, the Dow Jones is down 138 points, the NASDAQ is down 51 points, and the Canadian dollar is down at 78.82 cents U.S. And do you have a story to share? Click Submit News
7: on DiscoverMooseJaw.com. Albertans woke up under a state of public health emergency this morning after Premier Jason Kenney issued what NDP leader Rachel Notley said wasn't an apology but an embarrassing attempt to duck responsibility. With the highest active COVID-19 case count in the country and a health system on the verge of collapse, Kenney has put caps on gatherings and says a form of vaccine passport will start Monday. Kenney is pushing back on suggestions that his government is to blame for the crisis after lifting nearly all health restrictions on Canada Day and mocking reporters who warned of the Delta variant. The annual pace of housing starts slowed between July and August, continuing a decline in the rate of new home construction from highs recorded earlier this year. Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation reports urban starts fell 4.7% in August, while starts for apartments, condos and other multiple unit housing projects dropped 5.7%. The rate of single-detached urban starts fell 2%. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has pleaded not guilty to violating the civil rights of a teenager. Chauvin was convicted of murder earlier this year in the death of George Floyd, and this current case alleges he knelt on the neck of a 14-year-old black teen in 2017 while he was prone, handcuffed and not resisting. A 9.66-kilogram white catfish caught in Connecticut last month may smash the world record for the species. But 25-year-old Ben Tomquinis gave the fish to his grandfather, who ate the evidence, so it may be hard to prove. Tomquinis intended to submit a claim with a photo of the fish on a digital scale to the International Game Fish Association to try to secure the new world record. I'm Pam Fetic.
0: Now, discover Moose Jaw Sports.
1: The Moose Jaw Warriors will practice today and get set for two games in two nights this weekend. It's a home and home with the Broncos tomorrow night in Swift Current and Saturday night at Mosaic Place. Warriors hockey on Country 100 will return next weekend when the Warriors play their final two preseason games. The Warriors will host the Regina Pats a week from tomorrow night. And the Pats are in, uh, no, no, the, the Warriors, uh, I'm, I'm not sure which Game is in Moose Jaw. It's a home and home with the Pats. Anyway, I think it's Friday night in Moose Jaw, Saturday in Regina. Our voice of the Warriors James Gallo will have all the action for those final two preseason games a week from this weekend. CFL Week Seven gets started with a doubleheader tomorrow night. The first game has Calgary and Hamilton to play the Tiger Cats, with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders hosting Toronto in the second game. That's a seven forty five start local time, and a reminder. uh, vaccination verification or a verified negative COVID-19 test will be needed to attend that game at Mosaic Stadium. Week 2 of NFL kicks off tonight with an NFC East matchup. It'll see the uh, 0-1 New York Giants visiting the uh, 0-1 Washington football team. The Blue Jays have a day to rest before opening a three-game series against the Minnesota Twins at Rogers Center tomorrow night. Toronto sits tied with both the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox in the race for the American League's two wild-card spots. It's going to be a great finish. The Bo Sox also idled today while the Yankees are in Baltimore to wrap up their series with... The Orioles.
0: Now, your Discover Moose Jaw weather.
1: Sunny, windy today. The high, 16. Just a few clouds tonight. The wind becomes light this evening. Uh, The low, plus two, so there's a risk of frost. Tomorrow, sunny, becoming a mix of sun and cloud in the afternoon. Wind, 30, gusting to 50 out of the south. The high, 20. Weekend, sunny and 29 for Saturday. A mix of sunny cloud and 25 on Sunday. Cloudy, scattered showers on Monday, high 17. Yesterday's high in Moose John 21. Normal high at this time of year, 18, with a normal low of 4. The record high, 34 degrees, set in 2019. Remember that? Record low, minus 3, set in 1959. Remember that? Me neither. Sun came up today at 639, and the sun goes down tonight at 714. This hour, Moose Jaw, Windy, and 13. Regina, 13. Assiniboia, Gravelberg, 14. Rockland, Coronac, 12. Swift Current, 10. Elbow, 11. Davidson, Watrous, 11. Once again, of 14, Regina 13, and with the wind northwest at 30, gusting up to 50, and the relative humidity at 41%, it's 13 degrees in Moose Jaw. From
0: World Weather Incorporated, here's 800 CHAB Agriculture Weather Specialist, Drew Lerner. For Young's Equipment, your Case IH dealer in southern Saskatchewan.
8: Cooler air has moved its way into Saskatchewan and will be with us throughout the next 24 hours. But don't get too worried, it's going to warm right back up again. I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner for the Golden West Radio Network. A rather brisk northwest wind is expected to blow across parts of the region for the most part today. The wind will lighten up as we get into the afternoon, especially the evening, and there will be some clearing that will take place as well. Most of the cloud cover and precipitation today is going to occur primarily along and northeast east of a line from Cold Lake, Alberta, down through the Humboldt area and over to Kamsak and Kenora. Those areas in the northeast may pick up upwards to three or four millimeters of moisture during the course of the day today, but a lot of the precipitation will be very, very light. Everybody else will be mostly dry and we will expect some partial clearing, if not complete clearing, occurring across many areas as we get into the afternoon and overnight tonight. Some of the southwest will never really get involved with much in the way of significant cloud cover and we're going to see the temperatures drop down tomorrow morning to the frost level for many areas in the central and western parts of the province. The temperatures will most likely end up dropping below freezing in a few locations. We don't expect it to be a widespread freeze quite yet. The temperatures will turn around to warm up during the afternoon tomorrow as the south wind returns very quickly so we will see only a short term bout of cool conditions. The warm weather will bring the temperatures back up into the upper teens and into the lower to a few middle 20s as we get Into the afternoon on Friday, and we'll have some strong south winds occurring across portions of the region as well. By the time we get to Friday night, going into Saturday morning, another low pressure system will be approaching from the west. That will likely keep the south winds going into Saturday, and we'll likely see the temperatures Saturday the warmest. So we'll see for a while with temperatures getting up into the lower middle 20s once again. Wouldn't surprise me to see temperatures come close to 30 degrees near the U.S. border, but I don't think we'll make it. We just don't have quite enough sunlight. Light anymore. But that low-pressure system is going to cross the region as we go through the day Saturday. We'll switch the winds around, around to the northwest once again and bring in some cooler air for a brief period of time in the latter part of the weekend. Another storm system is expected to develop in the northern U.S. plains and move into Manitoba, and that should help to hold back some of the coldest air for another day or two. But at some point in midweek next week, we're probably going to see some more frosty conditions occurring across the area. For the Golden West Radio Network, I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner.
0: Tim here with Young's Equipment. Get more. 20% more capacity, 30% more speed, 70% more flex. The all-new Macdon FT2 gives you more of everything you need for harvesting performance. From the company that brought you the original Flex Draper. Call your local Young's Equipment location or visit youngs.ca. Bigger, faster, flexier. Get more with the Macdon FD2 Flex Draper.
3: This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Just to
1: clarify, I made a mistake when I was writing that sports there for the Noon Sports. (laughs) I got the home and home straight this weekend, uh, the Warriors and, uh, and Swift Current. That's tomorrow night in Swift Current and Saturday in Moose Jaw. Then next weekend, uh, the Friday night game is in Moose Jaw with the, uh, return matchup in Regina on the Saturday. And that will mark the return of Warriors hockey to Country 100. Voice of the Warriors, James Gallo, going into his 16th season as the voice of the Moose Jaw Warriors. There, now we cleared that up. I feel better now. I hate making mistakes. The Road Report on the Heartland at Noon is brought to you by My Addiction's Clothing Boutique in the Town and Country Mall. New fall fashions have just arrived. Small to 2XL. Fourth Northwest, uh, from Laurier to the Lindbrook Golf Club parking lot. They're uh, paving, so that's just for the day. Francis Street over in that Palliser Heights school neighborhood, the uh, 10-hundred block, water service leave, so be careful over there. Still lots of detours in town and a 30-kilometer-per-hour construction zone on Thatcher Drive East as well. And that's almost done. The City of Moose Jaw letting us know that construction of that new intersection and median to serve that new Canadian Tire Store is nearing completion. Crews are finishing necessary underground construction at the intersection and it's anticipated it'll be completed By September 21st, so just a few more days of that. Again, the road report for My Addictions Clothing Boutique in the Town and Country Mall. Now, today's Paul Martin commentary.
3: This is the kind of stuff that a business owner likes to show to a bank. Saskatchewan manufacturers have generally been enjoying a good run, even in the face of COVID, and they were one of the anchors that kept our economy rolling during the pandemic. Now, it wasn't a totally smooth ride. There were some bumps along the way, but generally they fared quite well. Nationally, they're a standout. We have just received July's revenue figures for the sector, and Saskatchewan manufacturers posted a sales increase of more than 55% compared to the same month a year ago. No other province even came close to that improvement, and the national average was only 12 points ahead of last year. And there was also a month-over-month gain of roughly 4%, as one of only a few provinces that posted an increase at all, as those with strong agricultural manufacturing bases seemed to be showing the best results as automotive numbers were down in Ontario, and that pulled the overall national figures into the red. I'm Paul Martin.
1: Moose Jaw, notoriously entertaining. The best way to start your weekend is at Moose Jaw's Homegrown Market. Every Saturday on Langdon Crescent from 8 to 1. Rain or shine, bring your family to Moose Jaw's Homegrown Market. Strike up some fun this weekend at the South Hill Bowling Center. Rock and Glow Bowling is back Friday and Saturday nights and Saturday afternoons. Knock down some pins with your friends and family. South Hill Bowling. Call 693-0955 to book your spot.
9: This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB.
1: This came in just before the top of the hour, just before uh, it was uh, too late to get it into the, uh, into the top of the hour news, as a matter of fact. Just moments before noon, our premier took to social media with this.
10: Hello, Saskatchewan. For the past several months, you have heard me repeat a very simple message over and over get vaccinated. And the vast majority of Saskatchewan people have done their part. Unfortunately, today we are faced with a fourth wave, resulting in increased case numbers and a significant capacity pressure in our healthcare system, which is close to exceeding what we have faced before. But unlike previous waves, This wave of the pandemic is being driven almost entirely by one group that consists of about 20 to 30% of our population. Those that have made the choice to remain unvaccinated. New cases are overwhelmingly in unvaccinated people. Hospitalizations are overwhelmingly unvaccinated people. The evidence from the data that we have seen is quite clear. As a province and as a government, we have been very patient, possibly too patient. The time for patience is now over. The choice to not get vaccinated is not just affecting you. It is now seriously impacting those who did do the right thing. And it is now seriously impacting those who cannot get vaccinated, our children. And it is prolonging the pandemic for everyone. The choice to not get vaccinated is creating consequences for others. And I would say very soon it is going to create consequences for those who have made the decision to remain unvaccinated. Later today, along with Dr. Shahab, I will be announcing further measures targeted at reducing the pressure on our health care system, targeted at increasing our vaccination rates, and making it less comfortable to remain unvaccinated in Saskatchewan. Effective September the 17th, we will be introducing an interim mandatory masking order. It will be applicable in all public indoor spaces. The order is targeted to bring, be lifted in late October, at which time a full proof of vaccination will be or negative test policy will have been implemented for about three to four weeks. The proof of vaccination or negative test policy will come into effect October the 1st, and it will apply to several businesses, establishments, and event venues, while excluding several services that are necessary for every citizen in the province to access. We'll be releasing a full list later today. We'll also be announcing that all employees of the government of Saskatchewan ministries, crowns and agencies will be required to get vaccinated. With proof of full vaccination required by October the 1st, employees will be required to provide consistent proof of negative test if they are unable to provide their proof of vaccination. These aren't measures that we have wanted to implement, and as a government we have been patient in providing the opportunity and the access to get vaccinated but that patience has now come to an end. The vast majority of Saskatchewan people have done the right thing, and they are growing tired of the reckless decision of the unvaccinated that is now driving our fourth wave. And Saskatchewan won't wait for you as we continue to move forward.
1: Premier Scott Moe will expand on that uh, announcement, which he made on social media just before noon. He and Dr. Saqib Shahab will address the province at, I do believe, 2 o'clock this afternoon. So, again, uh, that will impact all of us uh, right away. Tomorrow, mandatory masking in all indoor public spaces. So, uh, like I said yesterday, one step forward, two steps back. The government of Saskatchewan uh, hearing the calls from uh, Saskatchewan doctors and healthcare care professionals across the province to get tough again on COVID with cases climbing. Uh, 475 new confirmed cases yesterday. Two more people have died. Of the new cases, 10 are here in the South Central Zone. We're back up to 86 cases locally, 36 new cases in Regina, 118 new cases in Saskatoon. 79% of the new cases are among those who are not vaccinated. 6% are in individuals who are partially vaccinated. And 15% of the new cases are in individuals who are fully vaccinated. So the active case count right now, just over 4,000 at 4,016 in Saskatchewan. And uh, our doctors and nurses and other professionals in our hospitals and facilities are having trouble keeping up. There are 224 people with COVID-19 in hospitals right now, 184 receiving inpatient care and 40 people in intensive care units. Again, mandatory masking is back tomorrow for everybody in Saskatchewan, for all indoor public spaces. And again, the Premier will have more with Dr. Saqib Shahab coming up at 2 o'clock. We'll take a time out. We'll be back to follow up on the Family First Radiothon with a very encouraging announcement from the University of Saskatchewan, which had nothing to do with the Radiothon, but has everything to do with dialysis. Stay tuned.
5: At Bear, obstacle is opportunity. We learn from the past. We innovate, like adding Buteo Start to our DeKalb canola to fight against flea beetles. Our next generation DeKalb Truflex canola with Roundup Ready and Liberty Link technologies offer herbicide flexibility. Plus, you get enhanced pod integrity for straight cutting with confidence. Depend on DeKalb canola for an easier, faster, smoother harvest. DeKalb, the seed for every
11: season. Always follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. I'm Fraser Tolmey, Conservative Party candidate for Moose Jaw Lake Centre Lanigan. I've served the city of Moose Jaw as mayor. I've served our country as an officer in the Royal Canadian Air Force. And I'm ready to serve you in Ottawa. Many of you are in the midst of a stressful harvest season. But we can't afford another four years of this government. And we need your support to defeat Justin Trudeau. This election, vote to secure Canada's future. Vote Conservative. Vote for Fraser Tolmey.
0: Authorized by the official financial agent for Frazier Told tolme
12: Quality Inn & Suites Moose Jaw is hosting a barbecue at Canadian Tire Moose Jaw in support of Riverside Mission. With your donation, enjoy lunch and a chance to win incredible prizes like $100 gift cards from Cask 82 and The Crush Can and a Pit Boss pellet grill donated by Canadian Tire Moose Jaw. Thank you to Hub Meats for donating the hot dogs and hamburgers for this great event. Woohoo! Come say hi to the Quality Inn team and enjoy the barbecue lunch tomorrow, 10 to 1, at Canadian Tire Moose Jaw in support of Riverside Mission.
3: This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to the Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB.
1: Dairy discovery could improve dialysis design for kidney failure patients. That's the headline on a University of Saskatchewan news release which was recently issued. And how timely. We just raised a whole bunch of money to improve the local dialysis unit at the Dr. F. H. Wigmore Regional Hospital at the 800-CHAB Family First Radiothon last week. Researchers were able to view an industrial milk filtering membrane in a way not ever seen before. Layer by layer at a microscopic scale as skim milk flowed through. Their observations hold great promise for increased yields and creating new dairy products and could even help in redesigning hemodialysis membranes and thus patients requiring kidney dialysis treatment. The researchers used synchrotron light millions of times brighter than the sun at the Canadian light source at the University of Saskatchewan to get this unprecedented view at the membrane. Our Haley Shirky has more on the story.
2: Researchers at the Canadian Light Source have made some interesting discoveries. Observations made hold great promise for modifying dairy products and could even help in redesigning hemodialysis membranes, helping patients requiring kidney dialysis treatment. I talked to Dr. Amira Abdelrasoul, assistant professor at the University of Saskatchewan. Dairy discovery could improve dialysis design for kidney failure patients. That's a pretty crazy headline. So how does this research project work? So what we have found in uh, the first project for
6: for dairy uh, project and the filtering uh, protein milk, uh, I found that technique it itself uh, would help me um, to understand the protein behavior inside the membrane layers. So when and how why our uh, protein deposited in specific locations inside the membrane matrices. We can visualize everything and convert it to quantitative analysis and numerical numbers as well. An idea came to my mind how we can be able to see human serum uh, protein blood, because I'm working in hemodialysis project, so how can I be able to see each human serum protein, uh when um the process of hemodialysis uh, session uh, okay so um i came up with an idea to have a specific uh, customized called nanoparticles to be conjugated to the human serum protein and then i i use the same technique to be able to see different human serum protein inside the membrane layer this process for sure can improve how we fabricate the membrane itself, how we control, I'm talking about hemodialysis membrane, how we can control its morphology, its characteristics, the design itself. And at the same time, the quantitative analysis we will obtain from CLS, which I'm working on right now, I'll be able to have a, like a software at which a clinical doctor can use what the patient will experience during the session when we use a specific operating condition clinical doctors manipulate like the operating condition. Sometimes they increase the flux for some patients, reduce it, increase pressure, reduce it, but without in-depth understanding how it would result in a specific experience for patients or how the patient will have inflammation. So I'm correlating all of that. So I have the clinical data and the operating conditions, and I'm using the same operating conditions at CLS to understand the protein deposition, which is the important one for triggering inflammation in, in patients' bodies.
2: So did you start out this research project as a kidney dialysis project, or was did it start in the dairy field? Uh, no,
6: no, no. They are two different projects. Two projects. So I started with the dairy project, and before we published this article, when I found the idea... I converted directly to the dialysis project and actually we collected the data. We are working on it and some of the findings uh, are published for hemodialysis and some will come out soon. So it's two different projects. But the idea for hemodialysis came out from
2: uh, the first project of of daily. Okay, well that's a really amazing discovery to have. Thank you. Other methods that you used in the past only allowed you to see the top layer of the membrane. Is that correct?
6: Yes, but the technique at CLS is the only method, uh, which allows me to see inside the membrane any place, any region, layer by layer. So we can, uh, monitor and track human serum protein inside, uh, the channel. And the human serum protein actually is the key for triggering inflammation in uh, hemodialysis patients. So if we will be able to control the deposition of the protein and have a membrane with less uh, blocking of this protein, and that's what, what we are doing right now, it will lead to better patient outcome because it will lead to less inflammation.
2: So how does the CLS get such in-depth data? Yeah, so they are using
6: synchrotron energy uh, to penetrate uh, the membrane itself. Uh, it's like imaging technique. So it's X-ray uh, monotography uh, imaging technique. So they are using high-speed camera synchrotron energy in the beam. And um, when we visualize uh, the data, we convert it to, um, to a software to analyze it. And then we obtain mathematical models as well filtration a good filtration process in, in dairy industry with less energy consumption, it's economic uh, point of view, uh less shutdown, uh, less membrane fouling. So the method itself applicable for filtering a milk protein or uh wastewater treat like wastewater coming from uh dairy protein. But it's not about finding uh, new products.
2: Yeah, so that was all the questions that I had. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to add that I might have missed?
6: I, I, I'm really grateful for TLS uh, technique uh, and the collaboration with um, the scientists there. Uh, it's really great. I, I mean, it will be, like it will make University Saskatchewan a leader in the area. Uh, so I'm I'm grateful for having this technology.
1: Better patient outcome, less inflammation uh, for dialysis patients, and that research being conducted right here at home at the University of Saskatchewan. Fabulous. We're taking a little trip to Assiniboia next for an update on the Assiniboia Multiplex. Heartland at Noon on CHAB.
0: How much would you pay for a beer at your favorite pub? A glass of wine at dinner? Your favorite drink at the club? $7? $9? Time in prison? While alcohol is a regular choice for 8 out of 10 Canadians, every glass comes with a risk. Canada has some of the strictest laws and penalties for driving while under the influence, and the consequences can be much worse than incarceration. Please, drink responsibly.
4: This message has been brought to you by 800 CHAB.
10: Attention, malt barley growers. Prairie Malt and Bigger is offering competitive bids on 2021 Copeland, Metcalf, Synergy, Connect, Fraser, and Beau varieties. Aggressive bids and nearby movement is available for malt barley into Bigger Saskatchewan. Contact Prairie Malt today for details and pricing. 1 306 948 3500. 1-306-948-3500. Prairie Malts in Bigger.
7: The Farm Stress Line is run by people who know farming is full of uncertainties, and that uncertainty causes stress. When it starts to get to you, it's important to deal with it as quickly as possible. If you're having trouble sleeping, feeling depressed, anxious, or having suicidal thoughts... Call the Farm Stress Line, free and confidential, and well worth the call. one 800 667 442 one 800 667 442
9: This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB.
1: Work on Assiniboia Multiplex, expected to be finished August 2022. Work is well underway. It's a story you can read on discovermoosejaw.com today. And a story we're getting from Tegan Whitco.
13: Curtis Nelson, Assiniboia Civic Improvement Association president, joining us on the phone. Uh, Curtis, lots of action in Assiniboia these days. How is the multiplex coming along?
5: It's coming right along right now. We've got all the structural steel up in the building. Um, they're just finishing up some of the grade beams and we've got some block walls going up, so things are happening now.
13: Changing the landscape of Assiniboia, hey?
5: Yeah, for sure, yeah. It's a rather large building. It's definitely going to change the landscape. It's, uh, I think, about 37 feet high at the uh, at its highest point kind of thing, so, so definitely a, a change in the landscape, that's for sure.
13: Well, Curtis, you and your crew have poured countless hours into the fundraising for this project. In total, um, do you know, like ballpark, how much the association association has raised for this project?
5: There, I guess I know the total project cost, and we're hoping that we'll have it all paid for when it's finished. The, the total project cost is probably going to be in that $16 million range. Um, so we've uh, got some uh, federal and provincial money, about $11.5 million, um from the provincial and the uh, federal government and the rest has pretty much been all fundraised by the association and thanks to all the people that have supported the lottery and all the events we've been putting on over the past 10 years
13: and that's uh, yeah 10 years this has been a long time coming for someone who's been so close to this project for such a long time how does it feel to finally see it all coming together
5: it's a bit of a surreal feeling when you uh, when you're fundraising for 10 years, uh, you kind of wonder, is this ever going to happen? So to uh, to see the fruits of everyone's labor finally uh, um, coming to fruition, it's uh, it's a great feeling. And it's uh, fun to watch the, uh, the building get built on a daily basis, seeing more and more stuff get done.
13: And this isn't just for the community of Assiniboia. I mean, it certainly will cater to the needs of the residents who live there, but it, it'll even expand beyond that. Right.
5: Yeah, we're a, a fairly large trading area, and we've had support for the project from all the surrounding RMs and the surrounding communities. So it's not only a rink; it's a uh, we have a walking track in there, a teen center. Um, there is a pickleball sized gymnasium. Um, so there'll be this will be used not only by Assiniboia but all the surrounding areas. It's really a, a regional project um, going to be used by all the people in the South Country.
13: So remind us when you hope to have the facility fully operational. Is there a, a target date?
5: Yeah, we're hoping by August next year everything is done and we can uh, plan a grand opening. That's uh, that's our our next step, I guess, kind of thing. But yeah, hopefully we'll we'll definitely be in for next hockey season, and hopefully we'll be in a few months early earlier so we can have a few functions in before we get the ice in.
13: Oh man, that that is going to be really exciting. A, a massive project. Amazing for the community of Assiniboia and surrounding areas. In terms of the Civic Improvement Association, what's next for you guys?
5: Um, th- we've got a, another crew that's actually already kind of come on board. I think there's six or seven other members, and they're uh, working on uh, a plan to upgrade the uh, park kinsman park in the centennial park i think it's called in the middle of the community as well as a ball diamond area at the fairgrounds so they've already got some some plans and some ideas set there so um we'll be able to pass the torch on to the next group as soon as this rink is done
13: that's got to be a better sweet feeling
5: yes it is yeah no it's it's 10 years is a long time but uh um definitely it's an exciting time now when you can see the the building going up and uh It'll be, be uh, nice to be able to pass the baton on to the next crew anyway and have a, a little more free time.
13: What are you going to do with your free time? <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'll find ways to fill that.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
13: Fair enough. Curtis Nelson, anything else that you would like to add today?
5: No, I just I guess I'd like to thank all the people that have supported us throughout the years via the lottery, um, the Sportsman's Supper, and, and all, all the people that have just donated to the project uh, without everybody's help and commitment this uh project would never have come into a reality it is today
13: well we cannot wait for next august i i expect a personal guided tour through the brand new facility i know it's going to be gorgeous
5: for sure i can definitely line that up
13: <laughs> awesome thanks so much for this curtis
5: okay, no problem Thank you.
1: again we've got that update on discover we'll take a time out and tell you about a special day over at Southwest Daycare and Early Learning Center in Moose Jaw. That story's next on the Heartland at Noon.
0: When you're a farmer, you've learned to take the good with the bad because you've seen it all and your roots are deep.
12: Daddy, I want to be a farmer just like you.
0: Farming is about a sense of pride in an honest day's work, careful planning, and growing for the future. Moose Jaw Co-op is on your team. Early mornings, late nights, safely getting harvest completed with agro and fuel locations in Avonlea and Moose Jaw. We are growers. We are farmers. We are Moose Jaw Co-op. Be part of something bigger. In uncertain times, it helps to have something you can count on. For 25 years now, the Cargill Specialty Canola Program has been providing canola farmers with both peace of mind and an improved bottom line. Our simple five-step program guarantees your end-use market, helping you earn more. Aim higher than commodity canola. Set your sights on victory with the Cargill Specialty Canola Program. Contact your local Cargill or select independent retailer or visit victorycanola.com. Discover Moose Jaw weather for Prairie Heart Mobility. Make life easier with quality mobility products. Discover your options at prairieheartmobility.com.
11: Sunny this afternoon, winds west gusting to 60 kilometers an hour and a high of 16. Tonight a few clouds, a low of plus 2 with the risk of frost. Tomorrow sunny with a mix of sun and cloud in the afternoon, winds gusting to fifty kilometers an hour near noon and a high of twenty, Saturday sunny a high of twenty-nine, Sunday mix of sun and cloud a high of twenty-five, and Monday cloudy with a chance of showers and a high of nineteen. SAS Power has issued a request for proposals seeking qualified electrical workers to support the potential mass deployment of smart meters in early 2022. The posting can be found at merx.com slash SASPower. SAS Power has successfully installed more than 55,000 smart meters to date, including 45,000 commercial and industrial meters, and more than 10,000 as part of the ongoing residential smart meter pilot program. For all your news and weather anytime, click on DiscoverMooshaw.com or the Mooshaw Live app. I'm Sean Slatt.
3: This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB.
1: In case you missed our top story, uh, earlier on the heartland at noon, uh, we are bringing in a proof of vaccination program in an attempt to increase the number of people immunized against COVID-19 premier Scott Moe made the announcement on social media just before noon. He says the policy is expected to come into effect October 1st and will apply to businesses, establishments and event venues, but will exclude civil services, uh, People uh, will have to show proof of vaccination or show a negative positive test. It was also announced that all government employees of crown corporations and in ministries will be required to be vaccinated or consistently show proof of negative COVID nineteen tests. He is also reinstating a province wide mask mandate for all indoor public spaces as of tomorrow. He says that could be lifted uh, by late October, and he'll have more when he joins Dr. Saqib Jahab at a news conference at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Southwest Daycare and Early Learning Center. It's a big day over at the local facility. Our Haley Shirky has more.
2: Southwest Daycare and Early Learning Center's Executive Director is celebrating 30 years of service today. I talked to Lucille Gilliland about her accomplishments and a love of teaching. My first question is, just tell me about how the last 30 years have been for you. That's quite a long time.
4: It has been, and it's wonderful. It's been wonderful. Um, the first day I walked into the center, I saw all these smiling faces smiling at me, and it just made it so exciting and, and it's so rewarding working in the early years. So we we had a chance to, you know, with the children and stuff, I've had a chance to grow with them. And, you know, they've grown up with me. So there's always a learning time going on. So lots of changes have happened over the 30 years that I've been here. So a lot of learning. There's a lot of changes going on with, you know, the early years and child care right now. So it's been a learning experience for myself greatly, yes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And so you've been at the same Southwest daycare and early learning center For all 30 years?
4: Yes, all 30 years. I've worked at other centers before I became the executive director here. But yes, I've been here as the executive director for 30 years. Yes. Wow. So what's kept you at the same place all that time? Well, the, the thing that's important to me is my love of, my, my passion for working with children and teaching children. I just really enjoy it. Like I was telling you a little bit earlier, every day is a teachable moment for us. Every day, you know, we're playing, we're exploring. There's something new that you're learning. So every day when you come to work, it's just exciting and exhilarating. You come through the front door, you've got all these little smiley faces are greeting you, saying hi, good morning, you know, giving you their little hugs. It just makes it so rewarding.
2: Yeah, I definitely think that it would be nice to see. And just seeing younger people grow up and the things that... Yes,
4: actually, um, I'm going into almost a second, third generation here. So, you know, I've had grandma who was with me when they were in their school age years. And then because we take children to the age of 12. And then I have, you know, they grow up and get married, have their kids and I have their kids. So, yeah, I've been through a few generations, which is nice. Wow, that's awesome! That would be really rewarding. Yeah, it's very rewarding. You know, when you see them come back, and I also have a couple of the co-educators that uh, that um, educate the children with me. They've actually were students of mine, and now they went back, and received their early childhood education courses and their accreditation and now they're back working at the center yes so it's really nice to see that love of learning started in the early years and it's grown up to adulthood and
2: now they're actually back in the field teaching so that's very rewarding to see well it looks like you're doing something right if you're getting people back to work with you then hey I'm hoping I am. It's just a passion of mine and, you know, even when I talk to some of my co-educators,
4: I think it's just a true passion for me, you know, early childhood education and also working with children of all abilities because we specialize in working with children with special needs and medically fragile here. So that's rewarding too. Our program is set up for all abilities of all children and all staff, so we really work together as a good team.
2: Yeah, so just tell me a little bit about the importance of being such an inclusive program. Well, it's very important because when you're inclusive, that's everybody is involved. So
4: when you take a look at everybody as part of the group or everybody as part of the team that's teaching, it just makes everybody feel acceptable. It's very important to, you know, open up to everybody else's perspective of life, how they learn, and just how their day's going. It's just wonderful just to put them in that normal environment. And we all learn to respect one another. And that's a really big thing here for us, is the respect.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, I see that you've developed uh, programs and strategies that are used across the province. Do you want to just tell yes, me, me a little early, about those? Yes, it's the Early, it's our Early Social Skills Program. And it actually originally started here way back when I first
4: started in the 90s. And I, walked, and I worked with uh, Karen Sirota, who was a child psychologist, through, at that time, our public health program. And, um, you know, we worked with children and we saw that, you know, we had children that needed to develop their communication skills, their social skills, interacting with their friends. So what we did is we sat down, got together, we got a social skills program, and we adapted it to meet the needs of young children, ages 3, 4 school age and so Karen put all of her wonderful knowledge in it and then we took our curriculum of play and exploration in early years and we put it together and it's a wonderful program we still teach it to this day here and it's taught in preschools, play schools, and some of the school programs to this day. Yes, we're very proud of that. We actually, um, as part of that, we were part of the hinks Delcrest Institute. It's the National Mental Health Study. And we were one of the centers chosen to take part in their national study on teaching social skills to young children. And it goes back to all of the training and stuff that we did teaching social skills at our center. And that would have been back in 2003 when we were involved in that study. I enjoy working and teaching adults and children, um, you know, teach them the importance of the early years and, uh, you know, the importance of teaching and teaching strategies with children because another thing that's kept me here is my co-educators and the group I work with here. They're a wonderful group of ladies and I just love coming to work every day. Is there anything else that you would like to add? So our centre, I have received um, the Prime Minister's Award in Early Childhood Education. So 2003, I received the Prime Minister's Award for Excellence in Early Childhood Education. And um, that was, I received that across the province of Saskatchewan in our centre in my programming. And then in 2013, I received the Prime Minister's Award for Excellence in Early Childhood Education. And that was across Canada. So I went to Ottawa, and that was presented by the Prime Minister to me And um, for the programming that we do with our centre and my work that I do within the um, early childhood education field.
2: Wow, that's an awesome accomplishment.
4: Our centre has received many, many awards um, you know, and accolades along the years. We're also known for, um, we've received awards of Certificate of Merit from the Donner Canadian Foundation Award of Excellence, in the delivery of social services and services. Um, And that's the finalist status, in the delivery of child care services, that's in Canada. And the years I went, we were the only centre in Saskatchewan that was um, nominated in that category. So we went, I've been to... Um, Toronto and stuff, that's 2001, 2003. So our centre is very well known for the advancements that we do in early childhood education and early childhood development and working with children with special needs and medically fragile. We've done a lot of stuff in, our, in our 30, the 30 years I've been here. And a lot of my coworkers like, we're such a good team. Like, I just had one of my co-educators. She just retired, and she was here for 31 years. So, you know, it's just so rewarding coming to work every day and sharing your knowledge of the early years and how children learn and how to teach children the pedagogy and stuff like that. I also, I also was teaching at a college-level DC program. So it doesn't matter if it's a child or an adult. I just love and I have a passion of teaching the early years.
1: Way to go, Lucille Gilliland, uh, celebrating 30 years at the Southwest Daycare and Early Learning Center today. Congratulations, and thanks for all you do. We'll take a time out and be right back talking about our top story on the Heartland at
0: Noon. 800-CHAB, connecting the community.
4: Hey, Moose Jaw, This is Michaela Turner from the Moose Jaw Co-op, Marketing and Community Relations Manager. I'm excited to invite you out to Feel Good Day. 2021, happening on Tuesday, September 21st at all of our gas bar locations from open to close. 10 cents will be donated from every litre of fuel pumped at all of our locations. You can buy cookies, coffee, slushes. Um, All proceeds are going this year to Heartland Hospice Moose Jaw, a very deserving group doing pretty special work in our community
0: connecting the community brought to you by urban cellars located on south hill serving all of moose jaw they offer a large selection of wines spirits beers and seltzers stop by today Rasa white cap and how red angus serving you in the past present and the future Charlet and red angus designed for your ranch needs and community service radio 800 chab <laughs> Summer's not over. There's still lots of time to enjoy all your favorite summer drinks from Urban Cellars. And with fall just around the corner, they know you can't wait to cozy up to your fall
5: favorites either. For a cocktail perfect for any occasion, visit Urban Cellars, proudly serving all of Moose Jaw.
9: This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB.
1: The province of Saskatchewan uh, sending out an advisory earlier today letting us know Premier Moe and Dr. Saqib Shahab will address the province uh, this afternoon. And uh, Premier Moe went to social media just before noon uh, to give us uh, more than just a little hint of what he'll be talking about.
10: Hello, Saskatchewan. For the past several months, you have heard me repeat a very simple message over and over. Get vaccinated. And the vast majority of Saskatchewan people have done their part. Unfortunately, today we are faced with a fourth wave, resulting in increased case numbers and a significant capacity pressure in our healthcare system, which is close to exceeding what we have faced before. But unlike previous waves, this wave of the pandemic is being driven almost entirely by one group that consists of about 20 to 30 percent of our population, those that have made the choice to remain unvaccinated. New cases are overwhelmingly in unvaccinated people. Hospitalizations, are overwhelmingly unvaccinated people. The evidence from the data that we have seen is quite clear. As a province and as a government, we have been very patient, possibly too patient. The time for patience is now over. The choice to not get vaccinated is not just affecting you. It is now seriously impacting those who did do the right thing. And it is now seriously impacting those who cannot get vaccinated our children. And it is prolonging the pandemic for everyone. The choice to not get vaccinated is creating consequences for others, and I would say very soon it is going to create consequences for those who have made the decision to remain unvaccinated. Later today, along with Dr. Shahab, I will be announcing further measures targeted at reducing the pressure on our healthcare system, targeted at increasing our vaccination rates, and making it less comfortable to remain unvaccinated in saskatchewan effective september the 17th we will be introducing an interim mandatory masking order it will be applicable in all public indoor spaces the order is targeted to bring be lifted in late october at which time a full proof of vaccination will be or negative test policy will have been implemented for about three to four weeks the proof of vaccination or negative test policy will come into effect october the first and it will apply to several businesses establishments and event venues while excluding several services that are necessary for every citizen in the province to access. We'll be releasing a full list later today. We'll also be announcing that all employees of the government of Saskatchewan ministries, crowns and agencies will be required to get vaccinated. With proof of full vaccination required by October the 1st, employees will be required to provide consistent proof of negative test if they are unable to provide their proof of vaccination.
1: Premier Scott Moe and his announcement on social media this morning. The Premier will address the province at 2 o'clock this afternoon. We'll wrap up this program with the daily commentary next. In a world, in a field... Where a daily battle rages between you and the elements, our pod is mightier. Introducing BY6211 TF Canola from Brett Young. With the new pod Defender Shatter Reduction Trait, defend your field against pod shatter and reap the benefits of harvest flexibility and high yields. Learn more at brettyoung.ca/slash 6211.
4: livestock. We had a regular sale on September 8th. Prices have come down since our last sale. D1 and D two cows sold from 68 to 80 cents. D three cows sold from 52 to 67 cents. And slaughter bulls sold from 96 to $1.10. Our next sale is September 22nd. It is a regular cow and bull sale as well as the yearling and calf pre sale. Call to book your cattle as a day or have one of our market reps come and look at your calves at 642-5358. Have a great branching day. Come on in, get it done. Our source number one.
12: and Sweets Moose Jaw is hosting a barbecue at Canadian Tire Moose Jaw in support of Riverside Mission. With your donation, enjoy lunch and a chance to win incredible prizes like $100 gift cards from Cask 82 and the Crush Can and a Pit Boss pellet grill donated by Canadian Tire Moose Jaw. Thank you to Hub Meats for donating the hot dogs and hamburgers for this great event. Woo-hoo! Come say hi to the Quality Inn team and enjoy the barbecue lunch tomorrow 10 to 1 at Canadian Tire Moose Jaw in support of Riverside Mission.
1: The call for nominations for the City of Moose Jaw by-election opened yesterday. We'll go to the polls to elect a new mayor on Wednesday, November 3rd. A prominent local businessman shared the link on social media yesterday, writing, Now is your opportunity. We need someone who is knowledgeable about business and industry. Someone who has a passion for the beautiful city we live in. It's a giant commitment and won't be easy, but we have many people in our city that can take this challenge. And no matter who runs, if you want to throw stones... Do it while running against them instead of yelling from the peanut gallery. I like the message, but I don't think many of the peanut gallery people follow this guy on social media. You see, he's a nice man who surrounds himself with good people. And that's the thing. I know some good people who would fit in the mayor's chair just fine and do a great job. But these are people who don't want to deal with constant criticism and conflict, most of which seems to come from people who are more a part of the problem than the solution. The peanut gallery. It's the new normal, and that's unfortunate. I'm Rob Kearney.